You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is September 3rd, 2021. My name is Philip Ross. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to talk a little bit more about the starting lineup. It's been a hot topic among Magic fans at this point of the offseason. There's one name nobody is suggesting for the starting lineup. Uh, and so I'm going I'm to talk about it. Terrence Ross. Why not? We'll talk about kind of why Terrence Ross, Ross was taken out of the starting lineup and why he's kind of taken out of all consideration for the starting lineup and why a, a new coach should bring perhaps a new thought process to the equation. We'll talk about that coming up here in just a moment. The pros and cons of that decision. I, I'm not advocating for it at all, but I'm just, I'm, I just want to put the, the, the discussion out there. Plus, uh, I've continued to be doing my playoff lessons. I've been trying to catch up and hopefully get them done before the season begins. I want to talk about the Phoenix Suns, um, a, a team that a lot of teams are hoping to model their rebuilds after. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Hour by searching every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The NBA might be quiet right now, but it is a busy weekend in college football with the college football season kicking off. You can check out great podcasts like Locked On Gators and Locked On Seminoles to get you ready for this weekend's big games against FAU and Notre Dame. Next Thursday, the NFL season kicks off with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the Dallas Cowboys. So check out Locked On Bucks, B-U-C-S, or Locked On Buccaneers to get you set for the NFL season. No matter who your team is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or College 2, there's a Locked On podcast for you. Search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Don't forget to... Check out Locked On NBA, Fridays on Locked On NBA. Nick Engstad of Locked On Mavericks and Adam Morris of Locked On Nuggets power rank the week that was in the NBA. Follow the Locked On NBA podcast today, wherever you get podcasts. So, you know, at this time of year, there's not a lot going on. We're, we're, we're pretty much putting the 2021 season to bed. It, the calendar's already flipped over. We're looking ahead to the 2022 season and what might be. Um, this weekend is a big one, is a major weekend in a lot of ways because because Labor Day is typically when players return to their home markets uh, and get ready for the season. We might see uh, some of those kind of uh, voluntary mini camps begin. Um, The team really starts to come together. The coaching staff begins, you know, kind of putting thoughts into people's ears about what to expect and installing at least some of their offense and defense so they can get a, a head start um, before training camp. You know, Steve Clifford was always big about getting these mini camps done and getting as many people at mini camp as possible so that they wouldn't have to teach as much of the basics when they get to training camp um, in, in a couple weeks. So we're really now, you know, under the typical NBA calendar, we're really now at the end of the summer. The summer is over. Get your last trips to the theme parks in. I know I am. Uh, the summer is over. Um, it's time to get back to work. It's time to get back to the work of the NBA. And of course, September. We're, we're looking at September 27th as the likely date that training camp opens for the or that media day takes place and training camp opens for the Orlando Magic. That's roughly a week before their first preseason game as well, which is which is normal. That's that's typical. That's that's typical in, in this case. 
So a lot of the talk among fans has turned to what this team is actually going to look like uh, and what this team's starting lineup is going to be. Um, that That is a big discussion point that I've seen throughout all the fan groups that, I, that I'm that i in and listening to. Um, it's something that, that writers have been writing about, including us at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. We've all been thinking and all been talking about, um, been talking about this this notion of who starts for the Orlando Magic, who's going to be the guy in, who's going to be the guys kicking us off. And again, starting lineups aren't as important as you think. There's a prestige thing for sure. You get your, your you get your name announced. It's, it's all all of that jazz. It's about who finishes. Finishing is more important than starting in, in these cases, in my opinion. Um, and so, what I'm about to say is is probably not so consequential because Terrence Ross is a guy that's going to finish games anyway. I, I fully expect Terrence Ross to be part of the Magic's closing lineups. Even in 2019, with how good Jonathan Isaac was, Jonathan Isaac sat on the bench and Terrence Ross was the one that closed. If the goal of any starting lineup or the goal of any rotation is to put out your five best players, your best lineups throughout the course of a game at all times, Terrence Ross has to be in that consideration. If Jonathan Isaac and Jalen Suggs are the team's two best players by talent, Terrence Ross is very likely the best player just simply by production. And despite what everyone says about this young team, at least at the beginning, at least when the carrot of trying to win is still out there, and yes, do not think that the Magic are not, you know, the, the Magic. if the Magic are presented an opportunity to win, they're gonna. They're forced to play their young guys. The young guys are going to play. Um, not maybe not all of them, but the young guys are going to play. If they're winning, they're not going to avoid winning. They want to win, and if they don't, that's a problem. Like let's just lay that out now. If the Magic are two, three games out of a playoff spot, and they're purposely sitting guys because purposely sitting guys because of minor injuries late in the season, that's stupid. You play to win the game. And so Terrence Ross is a key part of this equation. He's a key part of everything that the team is going to try and do and that the team is going to try and accomplish. What Terrence Ross has done over the last three or four years is really carve himself out this role as the super sixth man. Lou Williams and Jamal Crawford took this to an art, really redefined what a sixth man is. Terrence Ross does not get the respect and the recognition he deserves for the work that he did in 2019 and 2020 as this team's super sixth man. Terrence Ross won this team games in 2019 by being there at the beginning of fourth quarters, just going on a little bit of a spurt and giving the team a huge boost of energy. On a team that has a lot of offensive troubles, Terrence Ross is still the one guy on the team who makes and takes tough shots. You need tough shot makers. And defenses have Terrence Ross high on their scouting report knowing if we can eliminate this guy, the rest of the team is going to struggle. The only issue with Terrence Ross, of course, is that you have to run specific plays for him. You can't, you can't just kind of throw him out there. You can't just, uh, um, you know, you can't just have him sitting in the corner. His, his value and his threat really comes from him being able to cut and move and running play specifically to get him open. That's that's part of the deal with him. And again, 
That's something that you work in. That's something that you put as part of your, your playbook. Throughout his tenure, Coach Steve Clifford never really brought Terrence Ross into the starting lineup. For, uh, even with injuries, he preferred to keep his rotation virtually the same. Ross started just two games in the last three years and has started only 46 games total in five seasons with the Magic. That means 44 of them came under Frank Vogel. But we have a new coach now. And a new coach brings a new outlook. And so while we all assume things are going to be relatively the same, there has to be some consideration that Terrence Ross is going to be a starter. They need veterans in the lineup. My prediction for the starting lineup uh, when everyone is healthy is still Fultz, Suggs, Harris, Isaac, Carter. You need at least a Gary Harris in that lineup, and you probably will rarely see Gary Harris and Terrence Ross play together. They'll always be separated just to make sure there's a veteran playing alongside every one of these young players. Just someone to, to give them some stability and a base to build off of. That's my opinion, at least. And Terrence Ross, in fairness, as some people have pointed out, will take shots away from young guys. To operate, have him operate is to focus on him, to play him, to, to get the most out of him, is to run plays specifically for him. And so again, Terrence Ross, you know, it, not a bad fit for this team at all, but certainly a, a fit that takes away from other things that the Magic are likely focused on. Is that something you put in the starting lineup? That is a fair question. Terrence Rosso has really done a good job carving himself a role as a, as a bench player. Um, but when he started, he has been effective. In his two games last year that he started, he averaged 25.5 points per game, shot 53.8% effective field goal percentage. Small, 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 small sample sizes. But obviously, the two games, uh, blowout against the Phoenix Suns, where Ross was really the only player that played well the entire game, uh, and the uh, lead, uh, and that game that the Magic played against the Atlanta Hawks where they blew the lead, um, Ross played really well. It's hard to blame him for those defeats. It's hard to blame him for anything, anything other than doing what he was supposed to do, which is score the ball. But you can't draw too many conclusions. In his 46 games as a starter, Ross has averaged 11.6 points per game with a 50.9% effective field goal percentage. But again, the majority of those came under Frank Vogel more than three years ago now. It's hard to draw too many conclusions. In 2018, Ross started 20 games, averaging 9.3 points per game with a 48.8% effective field goal percentage. In 2017, he started 24 games, averaging 12.5 points per game with a 51.7% effective field goal percentage. Is, this, is that enough to draw any conclusions? Is that enough to say whether Terrence Ross should be in the lineup? No. They happened so long ago. The Magic redefined his role. They kind of found him his niche in this league. Not that Terrence Ross wasn't going to find a niche in the league anyway or find a place in the league, but they transformed him into a, not an elite scorer by any means, but a really strong scorer. And so... Any example of Ross as a starter probably needs to be thrown out the window because unless the Magic plan to use him the same way that they that the Raptors used him when he started before, and, and Terrence Ross hasn't been a full-time starter since the 2015 season, then the Magic, if the Magic used him the way Steve Clifford used him, 
he's going to still be very, very, very effective. Or he's still going to bring the effectiveness that the Magic expect. There is one big reason Ross should start. Now, I'm going to get into it here coming up after the break, and that's spacing. At the end of the day, the Magic's biggest issue is they don't have enough shooters, and Terrence Ross is their best shooter. So we'll take that under consideration coming up here in just a moment. But first, Bet Online is coming up with its NFL specials. The college football season is starting up this weekend. The NFL season starting up soon, too. It's time to get back on the gridiron. And as always, Bet Online is your number one sport spot for all the pro and college football action this season. I can't read. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest. Open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo, which means you make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Today's podcast is also brought to you by our pals at Direct TV. Does this sound familiar? And, and trust me, it will this weekend. You've got one device that lets you catch the game live. Another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone. And you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff, the premium stuff that you need that, that you need from those movie channels. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Street, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. So you can probably guess that I, I don't think Terrence Ross is, is going to be a start is going to be a starter. Um, I do think that he should be considered, and I don't think it would be surprising if that's ultimately the direction the Magic go. Um, I do think that Ross has benefited from playing against reserve units and and having that focus in in the second unit, um, a focus that wouldn't be there when you do surround him with players like Jonathan Isaac and Jalen Suggs and Marco Holtz. But having said all that. It has to be considered because Terrence Ross is still one of the most vital players on this team, if winning is the goal, of course, which it is at this point of the year. Terrence Ross is the one player on the team that has a very clear effect on the offense. Um, when you look at the numbers, it is very, very clear that this is this is true. Um, last year, he averaged a career-high 15.6 points per game with you know a relatively poor 48.5% effective field goal percentage. Um it was a rough year for him, even though he was scoring a lot. Um, the shots just weren't falling consistently. He had a long, cold stretch. And yeah, Ross is the kind of guy where if he's not shooting well, he can shoot you out of a game, but he can also shoot you into a game. As a team, the Magic had a minus .88 net rating with Ross on the floor with a 103.2 offensive rating. 
They had a minus 9.6 net rating with Frost off the floor, although offense rose slightly to 103.9 points per 100 possessions. Putting a, a little bit more focus, that, that was the entire season, putting a little bit more focus after the trade deadline, the Magic had a minus 10.9 net rating with a 105.6 offensive rating with Ross on the floor after the trade deadline uh, and until April 16th, which was Ross's last game. Um, and a minus 12.4 net rating with a 99.8 offensive rating. Look, the team that the Magic had before the trade deadline had some offensive weapons. They had some guys that could fill in if Ross wasn't scoring. The team after the trade deadline, not so much. Ross was really a clear, consistent scorer for this team and someone that the Magic could turn to to get them buckets, to get them some baskets. Now, do you want Ross as your number one guy like the, like he essentially was for the Magic after the trade deadline? Absolutely not. The Magic need more consistent scoring and certainly more scoring off the bounce and off the dribble. But when it comes to spacing, when it comes to the threat of a three-point shot, even though Ross's percentages from beyond the arc were lower last year, Ross was still a key player shooting, uh, key player as a shooter. According to data from Basketball Index, Ross rates as one of the players with the most three-point shooting gravity, tough three-point shot making, and self-three-point shot creation in the league, ranking all the top 10% of the league in these measures. Essentially, regardless of what his actual shooting percentage is, teams believe Terrence Ross is going to make shots. And the constant movement keeps the defense under stress. It keeps the defense thinking about things, and that inevitably opens things up for other players, especially as Ross is moving around and as Ross is hanging around the three-point line. It essentially always eliminates a player. He has high gravity. Defenses focus on him. Defenses stay with him. They don't leave him. Ross is 5.3 points off movement per 75 possessions, according to Basketball Index. Again, is in the 96th percentile in the league. This is one of the elite scores off movement and off cuts in the league. So very clearly, Ross is someone defenses have to account for. And again, he's one of the elite guys in the league at this. So why wouldn't you consider putting that in your starting lineup? Essentially, he's going to play starters minutes anyway. Um, I think that's the real key of this argument too. Regardless of whether he starts or not, Ross is going to finish games. Magic fans know his clutch record, know how good he is late in games. And obviously, the Magic need that shooting late in games as well. The conclusion for the, for the last three years has really always been the Magic need Terrence Ross as a late-game scorer and as a shooter. They need Terrence Ross to lift this team up at the end of games. And no matter what kind of egalitarian system they come up with, Ross will likely still be that closer, the human torch at the end of games. The question the Magic are asking, or the question that I'm asking the Magic, is whether they should start the games that way and whether it's a benefit to them to do that. And I think that question, especially now with a new coach in Jamal Mosley, should be back up for debate. Now, like I said, I don't think that will be the case. I do think Terrence Ross will remain in that sixth-man role. He has been extremely successful in that role, and there is little reason in my mind to mix that up or to change that. But... Very, very clearly, very, very clearly, some some things have to be considered. And with a new coach, you've got to buck the trends a little bit. We'll talk a little bit about rebuilding philosophy and the Phoenix Suns coming up here in just a moment. But first, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. 
With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have the warehouse in your pocket now. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for more than 20 years. Rock Auto, Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. You have everything you need. You could need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solutions to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we send you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Today's podcast also brought to you by Pals at Built Bar. Did you know Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? And when I say delicious, I mean delicious. This is not like the protein bars you get at the grocery store or at the convenience store that say they taste like cookies and cream, but you're like, yeah, I, I sent some vanilla, but that, 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 that's not right. That's not right. They didn't get it right. Well, the cookies and cream from Built Bar, probably my favorite Built Bar flavor, it gets it right. And you can bet every one of the other flavors like German chocolate, orange, cherry, coconut, all get it right too. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy for you too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180 calories, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Get a protein boost without breaking your diet. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, so all the gold medals were powered by Built Bar. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. things that I think we've seen throughout the course of the season is a lot of teams looking at the Atlanta Hawks and the Phoenix Suns and really believing they are one move away uh, from, from, from getting to the conference finals. Um, the fact that we had two teams in Phoenix and Atlanta who just suddenly burst onto the scene the way that they did and found so much success um, is, uh, I, I think that that really affected how this offseason went down. Um, a lot of teams went to win now mode. Um, and, you know, Chicago especially. Um, I think Chicago feels like they are much closer than they might actually be. Um, a lot of teams, there are very few teams, it feels like, that are openly not trying to win. Um, Orlando, Oklahoma City, Houston are probably three teams that are going to be a little bit more patient than everyone else this year. Everyone else, I think, you know, has a, a legitimate argument to say, hey, if XYZ goes right, we're in the playoffs. Um, I think that is... Very, very clearly uh, something that is in, in people's thinking or in these teams' thought processes as they enter this season. Of course, I think this is all an oversimplification. And obviously, a lot of these teams, some of these teams are going to fail and miss the playoffs. And that's going to lead to another round of teams trying to like trying to set themselves up for the draft or abandon, rebuild, abandon their rebuild plans and start over. But I think a lot of these teams are, are sort of missing the secret sauce here. Um, and especially a team like the Orlando Magic should be looking at a team like the Phoenix Suns, or at least how the Phoenix Suns have operated maybe the last two or three years, as a model for how they should rebuild. 
Now look, Phoenix has had a lot of heartache. They missed the playoffs for 10 straight years. But what Phoenix did, I think, is exactly how you're supposed to rebuild. They drafted Devin Booker. They developed him and and clearly saw that he had star potential. They picked up DeAndre Ayton with the first pick in the draft and, and, and began building and grooming him. But what really made the Phoenix Suns work was they obviously continued to add solid players and solid draft picks. Cameron Johnson turned into a really good pick. They got Mikhail Bridges on draft night. They built their base through the draft. Again, look at that roster. Look at the players that matter. Devin Booker, Mikhail Bridges, Cameron Johnson, DeAndre Ayton. All Phoenix Suns draft picks or draft night acquisitions. They won their drafts. And even though there are certainly some questions about Cameron Johnson, and they tried it again with Jaden Smith and it didn't quite work out, um, Phoenix got quality players in the draft. But obviously, that's not enough. They needed Devin Booker. They needed Devin Booker to shine, to be this strong, elite player. And while Phoenix didn't make the playoffs, they gained proof of concept of just how close they were to just just getting into playoffs. When Devin Booker and the Phoenix Suns went 8-0 in the bubble, nobody really knew how real bubble stuff was, but to them, that was proof of concept that they were ready to take the next leap. That they had a team that was knocking on the door of the playoffs. They nearly made the playoffs in that very tight, pressure-packed situation. If Phoenix didn't win every single... Phoenix won every single game and still missed the playoffs, but they got right to the doorstep. And it hurt that they didn't make it. They knew that. And so what Phoenix did was they understood, we have our guy. Devin Booker is our guy. He is our superstar player. Our star is ready. Our team is ready. What we need is that last piece to get over the hump. That last piece was obviously Chris Paul, and I don't think the Suns ever imagined they'd be this good. I mean, Chris Paul's a really good player, but I think the Suns were imagining them competing for five, six, maybe four seed, making the playoffs, getting some experience, and then growing and building from there. They did not see themselves making the NBA Finals. That part was the bonus, and and a sign of just A, how good Devin Booker is, B, how good of a coach Monty Williams is, and C, this is not in order or anything, and see just how good of a leader Chris Paul was in teaching these, this young team how to win at the highest levels, even though he had not actually been to the NBA Finals either. When you're looking at the Orlando Magic and their current rebuild plan, there is no quick fix. I still get asked questions, why didn't the Magic go after these players in free agency? I still get asked, why do you keep saying the Magic aren't going to spend in free agency? And my answer is always simply, they're not ready. Free agency is the last step of the process. And honestly, like I've said, I don't think free agency is the tool to add players. Trades are. It's all about trades. Very rarely do do the big-time free agents move teams, and even more rarely do they move to teams like Orlando. If they're moving teams, they're going to LA, they're going to New York, they're going to Brooklyn, they're going to Miami. Those are the markets that play free agency. The Magic are not playing free agency. The Magic should use free agency to supplement their roster, add uh, role players. But the main way the Magic are going to get that star to complement and complete their roster is going to be through a trade. Obviously, the Magic are not ready for that trade right now. What has to happen first, and this was part of what failed in the last rebuild, 
is the Magic have to draft their star. Plain and simple. Like I, I, They have to draft and develop their star. Whether it's Jalen Suggs, whether it's Jonathan Isaac, whether it's the guy they pick next year. The Magic need to build their base first. That's what the Phoenix Suns did. They built their base. They found the guys that they, they could point out and say, that's a star, that's a guy that's going to help us win when we're competing for championships. That's a lot of what the Magic are going to figure, try and figure out this season. Who is actually going to be a good complementary piece when this team matters again? But the, nothing, nothing can start without the star. You have to build the star out, not, the, not in to the star like the Magic did before. They need that star player. And once that guy's established and once that guy shows he's knocking on the door of winning, that's when you push your chips in. But the Magic have done really well in this rebuild so far is keeping flexibility. They have the ability, they have the pieces to move to go out and get that big name player when they're ready for him. They have guys that they can move around to do that. But that's not the part of the process the Magic are in now. We're at the beginning stages where they have to establish themselves first. And if there's a big lesson that the Phoenix Suns taught, it's that. Establish your base first. Show proof of concept that it can win. And then make your move. That's how you find success in a rebuild. So the Magic have to establish that base first. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Sit your tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore MD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Don't forget to check out the Locked on Today podcast. Get all the sports news you need in less than 20 minutes with the Locked on Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski. Updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. I want to wish everyone a very happy Labor Day. Enjoy your first weekend of college football if that's what you enjoy. Enjoy your time with time with family or your barbecue or whatever you have to do during Labor Day. Remember, as always, stay safe. We'll be back again Tuesday with a new episode of Locked On Magic. So enjoy the holiday weekend, everyone. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this is Mitch Phil Frost. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic.